We just came back from a backpacking trip with Far Aaron and 17 high school students. We went to the North Cascades, east of Seattle, three hours, and it was a very beautiful experience, enjoying the Pacific Northwest. We hiked 40 miles in five days, up and down, so it was also very uh, intense. After finishing, I said, this is like Messi and the World Cup. This is my last <laughs> World Cup. I don't know if I am ready for another one of these. But besides that aspect, it's a beautiful experience of being in nature, disconnecting from internet, and being in a deeper silence, and especially being with others in the context of those beautiful places. One of the things you do in a backpacking trip is as you walk through the trails, you, walk, you speak with others. And I was speaking with one of the high school students who became Catholic this year. He was baptized, confirmed, and received First Communion. And I asked him, what, was, what are the main fruits of you becoming Catholic? And he shared many things. But one of them that stood out was that he said, since I became Catholic, I have a more positive view of life. I have a more positive view of life. And this is how we could approach the readings today. The gift of faith gives you in some way a positive view of life. Drawing closer to Christ gives you the capacity to see the world as God sees. And that's what these parables of the kingdom that we are reading in these Sundays, the last Sunday and the Sunday to come as well, they provide these lenses somehow to see and interpret the world. So when it comes to this parable of the field, of the weeds and the weeds, the wheat and the weeds, not to be confused with wheat, is this is a plural plant that here Jesus is giving. So you could say there's three lenses through which you can see the world, or three ways of seeing reality. The first one is what we could call like white lenses, like or idealism, emphasizing the weeds and ignoring the weeds. So somehow denying the fact that is, there is evil, there is suffering, there is brokenness in this world. This is not a very common vision, but some people have this kind of naive vision of the world. And obviously, it is an incomplete vision of the world. That could be the first lenses. Idealism, like two white lenses. The other possibility is the other extreme, what we could call pessimism, or kind of dark lenses through which you see reality in some way emphasizing the weeds and ignoring the wheat, emphasizing evil and thinking that evil is greater than goodness or that evil is prevailing and goodness is failing. So this could be a second possibility. And many times we fall somehow in the trap of pessimism, pessimism with the church, pessimism with ourselves, pessimism with others, pessimism with the state of society. We see too much 
the weeds and we cannot see the wheat that is growing in the kingdom of God. Why are we pessimistic? Well, one reason could be temperament. If you know the four temperaments, people who are melancholic, for example, they tend to be more um, pessimistic. They tend to see the obstacles and negative outcomes. On the contrary, people who are sanguine, they are always happy or more alive, and they tend to be more positive, more optimistic. So naturally, some people are prone to be pessimistic. Some people are prone to be optimistic. But if you trace back somehow biblically the origin of pessimism, it goes back to Genesis 3. When God creates the Garden of Eden, he tells to Adam and Eve, you can eat of all the trees in the garden. The permission I give you is immense. The blessings you can enjoy are immense. You can choose from the tree of apples, blueberries, cranberries, and oranges, peaches, and whatever fruit you want, you can eat. But this one you cannot eat, the fruit of, of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God emphasizes the permission. But the serpent comes to Eve, and the serpent says, look how bad God is. He doesn't want you to eat of this tree. He hides the permission. He hides all the blessings, and he focuses on what, what is missing. And that's somehow the root of pessimism, focusing what is missing, ignoring all the good that is present. So yes, temperament can be the source of pessimism, but especially the serpent and this bite of focusing on prohibition, ignoring the permission, is in some way the deeper source of, of pessimism. Finally, the third lens is what we could call optimism or the balanced view, the view of Jesus that keeps into account both the presence of evil and the presence of goodness. No one more than Jesus knows the gravity of sin, the force of sin, the brokenness of a human nature. He speaks here. There is an enemy. He acknowledges in this field that is the world, the church, our own reality, there is an enemy who planted not good seed but bad seeds. So Jesus acknowledges the reality of evil, the reality of sickness, the reality of pain, and that's why he came to save us. But also, he says, don't be discouraged. Don't be pessimistic. Wheat is stronger. Goodness prevails. Both grow together, but at some point, goodness will be overtaking the field. Why is this balanced view kind of the source of optimism? In the first place, because Jesus makes it very clear that the good seed, goodness, beauty, and truth, is the first seed. Originally, the field, this world, reality, the first action that 
the owner did is to sow good seed. This goes back to Genesis 1. God created the world and he created it good. If you remember Genesis 1, God as he creates the stars, the universe, the oceans, the animals, the plants, he says it is good. He rejoices in it. It is good. When God creates Adam and Eve, he says it is very good. When God creates you, he says, it is good. It is loving. It is beautiful. Reality in its core, in its foundation, the field is filled with good seed. It is a good field. So in the first place, the weeds, the wheat prevails over the weeds because it is preexistent. In the second place, Jesus reveals in this parable that the weeds will be burned and the wheat will be gathered in the barn. So what he's saying is now they grow together. But at some point, God will separate one from the other and he will come in victory. And his life, his love, his resurrection will transfigure everything in this world. And especially those who are faithful to him and the wheat will be victorious, will prevail. It will be manifested. The reality that goodness is prevailing will be manifested in the end, when the harvester comes, when the harvest time comes. Finally, the optimism of Christ is rooted in the fact that even now, good and evil coexist Good seed and evil seed are sown at the same time. Always the good seed is more powerful. Always the good seed is more powerful. It is true, there's a lot of evil that can lead you to discouragement. But also God is powerfully sowing seeds of the kingdom. Today, now, in this place, in this city, in this world, in this state, in the church today. God is building his kingdom, his good seed is still growing. And that's a source of encouragement. So how to apply or how to grow in this capacity not to fall into pessimism, because we can be prone to fall into that very easily, but adopt the lenses of Jesus of optimism. Well, you could think of the field as your life, the field could be the church. The field could be society. So you can see through the lenses of Christ, through the lenses of optimism, the church, the world, the city, your family, yourself as well. It's very important to have a realistic view of yourself, not a pessimistic view of yourself, a balanced view of yourself. You are wheat and weeds at the same time. But especially, I invite you to apply it in the way you see others. We can be tempted when we look at others, especially those close to you, your roommates, your parents, your siblings, your children, your coworkers. You can be tempted to pessimism. You can be tempted to focus on the weeds that are present and ignore the wheat that is present as well. You can follow the voice of the enemy, who is the accuser of our brothers. 
and become too pessimistic, too negative about those who are very close to you in the field of your life. And the enemy, he tends to magnify the things that bother you of our people. He tends to magnify the things that are annoying of our people. He's an expert in that. And you can have an incomplete view of them. So I invite you to this week to apply these lenses of optimism, especially in the people you love. To acknowledge, yes, they have these shortcomings. Yes, they have these imperfections. Yes, this attitude is a little annoying. They have all these weeds. But the truth is that they have also a lot of wheat. They are created good. They are beautiful. They are true. The kingdom of God has been sown in their hearts. They have a lot of virtues, a lot of gifts, a lot of loving actions. They are growing in many ways. And one day they will be glorious. All the imperfections hopefully will be purified and they will be transfigured by the love of Christ. So try to realize and acknowledge that those close to you are more witty than witty in some way. They have more wit than weeds. And that's why we come to Mass, to receive the good seed of the life of Christ, to see the world and the field as he does.